The year is 2017. SoftBank has just raised the largest tech fund that the world has ever seen. Masayoshi Son, the man who runs it, had recently committed to investing $4 billion in WeWork after a 12-minute office tour with its founder, Adam Newman. And now, Newman is in Tokyo in a conversation with Son and Chengwei, the CEO of Didi. Didi, the Chinese ride-hailing giant that had just emerged the winner of a long and bloody battle against Uber in China. SoftBank had backed Wei, and Son was quite proud that Didi had won. So after praising Wei to Newman, he turned to him and offered him the moral of the story. If there was one lesson that Adam Newman and WeWork had to absorb, it was this one. So Masayoshi Son asked Newman, In a fight, who wins? Is it the smart guy or is it the crazy guy? Newman says, the crazy guy. That's right, says Son. Crazy beats smart. Travis Kalnick, the CEO of Uber, was smart. But Wei was crazy. And that is why he won. And then Son looks straight at Newman and tells him what he wanted him to hear. You're not crazy enough. Now, talking about crazy, you must have heard the news earlier this month. FarmEasy, once the highest-valued Indian healthcare startup, is planning to raise money in a new round of funding at a 90% markdown from its previous valuation, from $5.6 billion to $500 million. What could have happened? Welcome to Daybreak, a business podcast from the Ken. I'm your host, Nigda Sharma, and I don't chase the news cycle. Instead, thrice a week on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, I will come to you with one business story that is worth understanding and worth your time. Today is Wednesday, the 19th of July. begin by going over the story of PharmEasy. The Ken's Praveen Gopalakrishnan recently wrote about it in his fabulous newsletter, The Nutgraph. And here is how it goes. PharmEasy got into a straightforward e-commerce business. Sellers on one side, buyers on the online side. The offline side was fragmented and the company tried to consolidate it online. A few years later, FarmEasy figured out that the offline side is fragmented for a reason. That is, the product is a commodity with thin margins and it is impossible to build a differentiated proposition. Think groceries or pharmacy medicine for that matter. So FarmEasy tried to do something very ambitious, a vertical integration. And it sold this story to its investors. What if it captured the entire value chain? It could use that advantage to push margins. Now, this is usually the right idea, but pharma is a bit more complicated. But PharmEasy went a little crazy. Just a little. Instead of building all this out, it went on a shopping spree and started buying out company after company. All in an attempt to complete the jigsaw puzzle that it had sold to its investors. It paid a premium for some of these companies. The most notable of them was Thyrocare, a testing diagnostics company. 
Usually, companies finance all of this through equity. FarmEasy chose to fund it using debt at a time when interest rates were nearly zero. It collateralized this debt with equity in ThyroCare. This was a little unusual, but it wasn't crazy. And FarmEasy was expecting to go for an IPO shortly. The plan was to use the proceeds to pay off this debt. But soon, the recession hit and FarmEasy needed to take another debt from Goldman Sachs to pay off the previous debt. Except now, interest rates were not zero. And neither FarmEasy nor ThyroCare were generating enough cash flow to pay off the debt. So then FarmEasy tried to raise funding, but it did not find any takers. Things got pretty bad. It looked like FarmEasy is in danger of losing ThyroCare to Goldman Sachs. So some investors stepped in to infuse funds to pay off the debt and get a ton of shares in return, effectively taking control of the company. That is basically how it has all played out so far. But did you notice something? There are some similarities between FarmEasy and Baiju's. Coming up next. The parallels between FarmEasy and ThyroCare and Baiju's and Akash are quite interesting. Praveen has written about it at length. I'll add all the relevant links to the show notes. In both cases, the companies, FarmEasy and Baiju's, bought a thriving offline business at nearly the same time and went through hell trying to pay for it. Baiju's, of course, did a complex series of transactions which involved its founder, Baiju Ravindran, taking loans to increase his own shareholding in the company, which is probably what is keeping it alive so far. But FarmEasy's founders played it a bit more safe. And well, here they are. Of course, two years ago, it did seem like the smart thing to do. But even then, there were questions. And the Ken had written about them in great detail. And what we had gathered from the structuring of the deal was this. We were in a funding environment that was capital rich, but caution poor. Now, in 2023, startups are being forced to make difficult decisions like having to sell their core adjacent businesses to keep their core business alive. And we've already seen this play out with companies like Unacademy and Swiggy. But what happens when the core adjacent business makes more sense than the core business? If it has been acquired at a great cost, companies and its investors will go to great lengths to protect it. And if this means icing out other investors and making the founders into glorified employees, well, then so be it. There are now reports that the Manipal Group's family office is planning to invest $120 million or 1,000 crore rupees into FarmEasy. There are two private equity funds, Temasek and TPG Capital, which control Manipal Health and FarmEasy as well. And it looks like they are the existing investors who will add funds from their side as well. Now, Manipal Health is quite an interesting entity. Because in many ways, it kind of mirrors the situation that FarmEasy has found itself in. A couple of months ago, Temasek bought over a majority stake from Ranjan Pai, who runs Manipal. Just like how FarmEasy bought ThyroCare from its promoter Arokya Swami Velumani. FarmEasy's plan was to create a jigsaw of companies inorganically 
including a diagnostics company and then paying a premium for them with the intention of going for an IPO. Clearly, that hasn't quite worked out. What is happening right now, of course, is bad news for PharmEasy. But Praveen says that from a corporate structure and incentives point of view, this whole thing is actually quite fascinating. Stay tuned to find out why. Praveen believes that any sort of extreme is a good opportunity to see the underlying forces that are at play much, much more plainly. For example, when everyone was getting drunk on dollars in 2020 and 2021, some natural limits about India became quite apparent, like the shallowness of the consumer market or the number of engineers. And now that the tide has turned again in the opposite direction, other things are becoming more clear, especially the incentives created by venture capital or VC firms for startups and their consequences. Because you see, like Praveen says, in good times, everyone writes long Twitter threads and shows up on podcasts claiming to be founder-friendly. But now, we're seeing that VCs extract value from startups, leaving practically nothing for anyone else. And the incentives do not match up anymore, not even for founders. But the Farm Easy story tells us something really important, and it is this. If you're an ambitious startup relying on venture funding in India, there are two ways to stay alive. You can either be boring or you can be crazy. Being dull too has its own advantages, under certain conditions of course. Companies like Swiggy, Paytm, Flipkart, PhonePay, Razorpay and Misho are boring. Simple business models, straightforward corporate structures, clear market leadership. Most of them aren't profitable, but that is fine. Boring companies need to continue to remain boring and over time, they will get to the other side. But if that is not your thing, there is another way. Swing the opposite direction and become completely crazy. And by that, Praveen says that he does not mean a little quirky. He means go completely nuts and do the things that will end up as B-school case studies. Baiju's rewrote the rules of corporate governance in ways that made business journalists ask, wait, can you even do that? Ola practically built a more valuable company on the fly with a vastly different shareholding structure. And Oyo pulled off a magic trick for the ages. All of them are doing perfectly fine. For now. Unfortunately, FarmEasy fell through the middle. There is an uncanny valley between extremely ordinary and being completely crazy. And that is a gap that did them in. Maybe if PharmEasy's founders had pledged their shares and taken steep loans to acquire more shares or refused to file their earnings or simply replaced their VP product with a strip of paracetamol, they would probably be doing fine now. Like Praveen says, if you want to succeed in India, especially in this environment when venture capitalists are not your friends, you either need to be dull or you need to be audacious. There are no half measures. Daybreak is produced from the newsroom of The Ken, India's first subscriber-focused business news platform. What you're listening to is just a small sample of our subscriber-only offerings. A full subscription unlocks daily long-form feature stories, newsletters, subscriber-only apps, and podcast extras. 
head to theken.com and click on the red subscribe button on the top of the website. I am Snigdha Sharma, your host, and today's episode was edited by my colleague Rajiv Sien. 